This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Church, I love you. I just want to say Merry Christmas to you. Can we do a quick survey? Um, How many of you know you're coming to Christmas Eve at 3 p.m.? Hands up, 3 p.m., 3 p.m. Got people to to see, places to go, things to do, 3 p.m., all right? Who's going to be a 4 p.m.? You know you're coming 4 p.m.? Somewhat evenly distributed. 5 p.m., 5 p.m. Okay, we're feeling, we're feeling, don't know, don't know what time yet? Don't know? All right, all right. Pretty evenly distributed, um, I think. Have you found your way to Isaiah chapter 9? If so, just let me know you're tracking with me. Isaiah chapter 9. This week in the baseball world, uh, I know I just like eliminated half of you from listening to the rest of the sermon. So just trust me. Would you just walk this path with me this morning? This week in the baseball world, tragedy hit um, for some. the, uh, The amazing baseball player Shohei Otani signed a 10-year, $700 million contract with... If you, if you, um, there's really only one small, despicable group of people that are happy about this. And the rest of us, like any other team but the Dodgers would have been okay. It just, any other team but the Dodgers would have been okay. If you don't know who this player is, um, he's pretty amazing. He pitches and hits, and there's really nobody else in the major leagues that does that. There's rumors going about whether or not he's going to actually pitch for the Dodgers. He may just hit. And the way his contract is structured is really unique, and it's pushed back, and he won't get paid, you know, the big money until, like, after the 10 years. It, it, it's... But I was having this conversation with my oldest son, he walked in the bedroom and he said something like this. He said, um, he said, I can't imagine having the power that Shohei has. And so what he, like, my ears perked up. When, when my son says, I can't imagine having the power, my ears like, power? He has power? What do you... Please explain. What do, you, what do you mean? And he basically said, well, he could have demanded anything from the Dodgers or any other team in the major leagues. I mean, $700 million is what he's going to get paid over 10 years. So, like, this, uh, this baseball player had demonstrated such an elite ability in the game of baseball that he had positioned himself or God had positioned this man to where he could have said to any team, this is the amount of money that I want you to pay me over this number of years. And, and it was just interesting to hear my son interpret it in terms of power, that he has power. This morning as we look at the Christmas story, we're actually, we're actually going to look at what do we do with the power we have? What do we do with the 
power we have. Now, many of you are like, I don't have any power. Like, I don't have any power. Like, everybody around me has all authority, all power over me. I feel the teachers have authority over me. My parents have authority. Coaches have authority. For crying out loud, I'm going to sit here and not talk for 30 minutes while you talk to me. You know, like, it's like, but we all have strength. And we all have a little power. And we'll see that as we unpack this text. In Isaiah chapter 9, I want you to see this with me, picking up in verse 6. The very well-known text during the Christmas season that we come around, that you hear read, that you hear sung. And here it is, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. I'm titling the sermon this morning, um, Shohei, Montgomery County, in the zeal of the Lord. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray you would speak to our hearts. Lord, some of us this morning are desperate to hear your voice. Lord, some of us need to hear your firm voice convicting us of our wayward folly. Lord, some of us this morning need to hear your tender voice of comfort to lift us out of our depression. And some of us just need to be reminded of the victory we have in Jesus. Instruct us, Lord. Teach us. Comfort us. Encourage us. Empower us by your spirit through your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to run through this text quickly. And then I want to share with you, church, this morning what's been fresh for me this Christmas season. And the first thing that we see in this text is that Christmas was prophesied. Christmas was prophesied. If you're new to Christianity, um, which many of you may be, one of the most wonderful things about the reality of Christmas is that it was prophesied. Old Testament prophets in the sacred scriptures came to God's people and they gave messages that were relevant to the people in that moment, but in those messages they were often prophesying the birth of Jesus. It's one of the most wonderful things about the incarnation of Jesus that as you read through the sacred scriptures, you see that time and time again in different texts, the birth of Jesus was prophesied. The coming of a king was prophesied. The people of Israel were looking, longing for a coming king because God had told them through his messengers a king would come. A king would come. Look at this, verse 6 with me. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Some of you this morning, you may be a little shaky in your faith, and you may not know entirely what you believe about Christianity. Can I just tell you these prophecies are in the scripture to strengthen our faith. Sometimes it's difficult to believe in a God that we can't see, but this prophecy took place over 700 years before Jesus was born. God spoke through Isaiah to his people saying a son would be given. And this son would be the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace. He would sit on the throne of David, so he was going to be the king of the Jews. This was prophesied. So 
when you read through the scriptures, it's just this beautiful force. It's like a, it's like a mighty rushing. Have, have you ever tried to walk against the current of a mighty rushing water? It's hard to do, isn't it, to get your footing? When you study the Old Testament prophecies, it's like this mighty current of water, and it just carries you all the way to Jesus. It just points straight toward him. There's, there's strength as we hear that, that Christmas was prophesied, but we also see that Christmas has a purpose, and you see this buried in this text here. Isaiah said, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Then look at verse 7 with me. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. In other words, a king is coming who's going to govern, and he's going to govern forever. And his government, his rule, is going to bring peace. But look at it with me. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, why? To establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness. One of the things that we're met with on a daily basis in the world that we live in is injustice. It's, it, it's, it's everywhere before us. We see injustice and we see unrighteousness lived out recklessly everywhere before us. And what Jesus is going to do when he comes the reason Jesus was born the first time was, was to bring about justice, was to bring about righteousness. So at Christmas we see it's coming. It's coming. When Jesus was born, he inaugurated the kingdom of God in this world. And when Jesus returns, he's going to bring his rule full, complete. So every injustice that breaks our heart in this world, Jesus is going to make right. Every expression of lawlessness and unrighteousness, Jesus is going to send the devil to hell. And he's going to bring his righteousness and peace. In, in his kingdom, when he comes again, there will never be another injustice or wrong thing done. <laughs> this is why we celebrate. This is why we long for his return. This is why we remind ourselves this world is not our home and we can't get too comfortable here. The best life here is not a comfortable life. David said, your love is better than life. So Christmas was prophesied and Christmas has a purpose. Why was Jesus born? Jesus was born to signify that God is at work and God is bringing his rule. He's bringing his reign. And his rule and his reign is going to be one of peace, justice, and righteousness. The very thing, listen. The very thing that we long for most. It's not uncommon just to hear someone say, I just need a little peace. I just need a little peace. For many of us during the holidays, we say that more than ever because there's so much tension in our family. And you, you, someone might just say, I just need a little peace. Jesus is going to bring it. That's why he was born. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about God fulfilling our deepest longing for peace. So many of us, we, we find ourselves living in a world where we're treated unjustly. And just, does anybody care? Does anybody care how I'm treated? Does anybody care how I'm put down? Does anybody care how I'm disrespected? Does anybody even care? God cares. God cares so much that he sent Jesus at Christmas to signal I'm coming again and I'm going to make it all right. I'm the defender of your life. This is good news, isn't it? Christmas 
Not only was it prophesied, and Christmas has a purpose, but Christmas is God's passion. Look at this with me in the text. Verse 6, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Hallelujah, amen. That's not the end of the verse. Look at the rest of the phrase. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What is zeal? Zeal is like deep, burning enthusiasm. Zeal is this deep, convictional passion. That's what zeal is. And what we see through Isaiah's prophecy is that the Lord who made us has a deep-seated enthusiasm, passionate conviction to bring all this about. What does that mean? It means that God is not indifferent about the lack of peace in our world. We often look at the wars that are going on in the world. Where is God? Where where is God? He is setting the stage for his return. And that's what the birth of Jesus reminds us. Is that Jesus is going to come. He came as a baby. He's going to come again as a king. He's going to bring peace. He's going to bring justice. He's going to bring righteousness. And not only is he going to do it, he's not doing it because he ought to do it. (laughs) He's He's not doing it because he should do it. He's doing it because he is so fired up in the deepest place of who he is to bring it about. The zeal of the Lord. The zeal of the Lord. So what does that mean for us this Christmas season? It means that God cares a lot about the peace in your life. He's he's passionate about it. He has a deep-seated enthusiasm, a convictional commitment to bringing peace in our life. He's not indifferent. He's not distracted. He's focused and he has a clear plan and he is going to execute it and he's going to execute it with enthusiasm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's what I see in the text, but there's something fresh for me in this text this Christmas that I want to share with you. It's all fresh, right? It's like the word of God, the the author of Hebrews says, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It just pierces, right? I mean, the word of God, it like cuts us and heals us all at the same time, doesn't it? You read it and you feel like, oh, gosh, I feel conviction. And you keep reading it and you're like, oh, goodness, I feel comfort. That's the way God is. At Christmas, this is the the big idea that, that I just can't get away from in this text, in this Christmas season. As I think about the incarnation... As I think about God becoming man, at Christmas, the strongest served. Do do you ever walk into a room feeling like you're the strongest person, like physically strongest? It doesn't happen that often for me. (laughs) It used to happen all the time, and then my oldest pinned me to the ground, and now I'm the second strongest in the house. Let's just, he's like, Elliot, don't mess with me, because I'll get Jack on you, (laughs) you It was a sad day in the White House. Sad day in the White House. Do you you ever walk into a room and you make the assessment and you're like, I'm the smartest person in this room? You ever walk into your math class and you're like, 
Am I in the right class? Because I'm the smartest one in here. Yeah, do, you ever, do you ever find yourself out to eat and somebody brings up a topic that nobody else knows about but you are an expert on? Because you took that course or you experienced that thing or you... Maybe you've lived life and like you went to the school of hard knocks and like you have a lot of life experience and you find yourself around a younger tribe of people and they're talking about all these things and you just roll your eyes because you're like, you guys don't have a clue. Keep going. You'll 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 learn it. You've ever you ever found yourself that way? I mean, sh- I don't even know how you pronounce Shoei's name. I don't even know if I'm hitting it right, but it's like Shoei Otani. Thank you. I mean, when he walks in the dugout, he's like, <laughs> you, know, "You guys can pitch. You guys can hit. I can do both." Right? Ten years, seven hundred million. He's like. Like, nobody's better than him. You ever find yourself that way? What do you do, what do you do, what do you do when you find yourself as the wealthiest person in the room? The smartest person, the wisest person, the one with the most experience, the most elite. What, what do we do? Christmas reminds us that the strongest served. I want, you to look, I want you to see this with me in the text. Look, look back at verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government's pretty powerful, isn't it? Anybody mad about the price of milk these days? The government have anything to do with that? Anybody a little upset about the price of gas these days? It's amazing, isn't it, that one person can come into power and in less than a year, it's like the price of everything goes up. What just happened? One person in government. Wow. Government is powerful. And and here Isaiah is speaking about Jesus coming in the government of the universe being on his It takes pretty broad shoulders to have the government of the universe on top of it, doesn't it? It's amazing. You see government, and yet he came as a baby. What's up with that? Here he is, the government of all is on his shoulders, and he comes as a baby. Why? To serve. I mean, the whole idea of a a baby is the idea that God is accessible. You walk into a room, and... And you just feel a tenderness when you walk into a room with a baby. You, you know, you have all these pictures of God displaying his great might in the Old Testament. You think the wickedness was so great on the earth in Noah's day that he flooded the whole earth because of the wickedness on the earth. God displaying his righteous wrath against sinful humanity. And here he is, the government is on his shoulders, and what does he try, what does he do? He comes as a baby to say, yes, I am mighty in strength, and yes, I have a righteous wrath, but I have a tender love. So I come as a baby. Look at the text with me. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. We pay big money to go to counselors these days, don't we? 
He's like, I need somebody to make sense of life because I can't make sense of it on my own. And I need somebody to make sense of my problem. I need somebody smarter and wiser than me that can talk me through my stuff and issues and peel back the layers and feed me some truth so that I can kind of reacclimate to sanity, you know, right? Counselor, and he shall be called wonderful counselor. Look at this next phrase, mighty God. Mighty God. He is the infinite God, and his might and his strength know no end. He has limitless might. So he's mighty, and what does he do with his might? He comes as a baby. What do you do with your strength? When you're the strongest in the room, when you're the smartest in the room, when you're the wealthiest in the room, what do you do with your strength? Look at this with me. Um, Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The the phrase prince there was another another governing word. So when you're the prince, what do you do with your royalty? Jesus came as a baby. And then look at this this next phrase, verse 7. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice, with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. I mean, you don't see thrones that often, do you? Thrones are for kings. Thrones are for the strong. Thrones are for the ones that rule And Jesus Christ has a throne. He's sitting on it today. He's at the right hand of the Father. He is King of kings and he is Lord of lords. And in his infinite strength and in his infinite wisdom and in his, the treasure house of all that he has, he leverages it to serve by becoming a baby. And that baby would go to the cross. He came as a baby to let us know he's approachable, and he came as a baby to die on the cross in our place. The strong made himself vulnerable to serve. This is so beautiful, and this is so counterintuitive to the way we think, because in our mind we think, I need to get stronger so I can leverage it for myself, and I need to get stronger so I can tell somebody else what to do, and I need to get stronger so I can build things for me, but Jesus said, I have all strength, and I have all wisdom, and I have all wealth, and I am infinite in my power, and I used my strength to serve. Wow. In Matthew 20, 28, it said, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. It's pretty awesome, the display of leveraging strength to serve that we saw this past week. Did you pay attention? Um, I want to let you know, we were super excited to have uh, the, the Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief set up their hub of operations at Real Life Fort Campbell. It's pretty awesome. Samaritan's Purse came into town and Convoy of Hope came into town. And you had these major disaster relief organizations come into town and select different hubs to set up their ministry And one chose real-life Fort Campbell. You understand, if we had not planted that church, there wouldn't be a real-life Fort Campbell. But because we planted that church, this disaster relief agency comes and sets up shop. And the volunteers responded so rapidly that the governing officials locally said, can you give us two days? We need to catch up a little bit. And then Thursday and Friday, people came out in droves. Here's a picture of uh, Brad Fowers and Eric Malloy here. And um, uh, almost immediately after the tornado hit, 
uh, Clark's wife's football coach, uh, called, uh, said basically the whole team, hey, meet at this time, 8 a.m., we're all going to serve. And it wasn't just the football team, but people from schools all over the county. I mean, there were hundreds of students that came out. You can go ahead and do these next pictures. Hundreds of students came out to serve, picking up, using their strength to pick up splintery wood and move it out of the way so that recovery could take place in our county. Here's another picture of that happening there. You guys, listen to this. I talked to Eric Malloy, our real-life Fort Campbell pastor, yesterday. And I was like, okay, hey, what's the next steps? And he's like, disaster relief is, is closing up. They're closing up shop. I said, like, what do you mean they're closing up shop? He said, they told us that, that we're three weeks ahead, three weeks to a month ahead from what normally happens in disaster relief. Yeah. Way to go, Montgomery County. I'm so proud of you, church, and I'm so proud of our county. I'm so proud of our city. What they normally expect to take place in three weeks to a month took place in a week here. Because people said, I've got strength, and I'm going to do something with my strength to serve. I've got, I've got availability of time, and I've got a car, or my buddy does, and I'm going to get in it and I'm going to spend the money that I have, the gas money that I have, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to buy some work gloves with the money that I have, and I'm going to go and serve those that just lost everything. What a beautiful picture of exactly what we see at Christmas. Jesus, the infinite, infinitely wise, infinitely strong, infinitely wealthy. He upholds the whole universe by the word of his power, the, the author of Hebrews says, and he came as a baby to serve. And I just, I just want to celebrate. I just want to say way to go. I'm so proud of this church and the, the droves of people that mobilized out of this church. I'm so proud of our, our county, the droves of people. Listen, Pastor Tim has already told us there will be ongoing work to be done. But the, the immediate, most urgent disaster relief efforts, we crushed it in a week. Way to go. I'm so proud of you. So here's two questions this Christmas. Two questions. We may be interested to see what Shohei Otani does with his strength or does with his money. You know? we, we may be watching to see what kind of car is he going to buy <laughs> with a $700 billion deal, right? What kind of, what kind of house is he going to buy? Like, what is he going to... What t-ball team is he going to coach? Here's the first question this Christmas. Am I willing to be served by God? Are you willing? Am I willing? Are we willing to be served by God? That's what Christmas is all about. The strong came to serve us. There's a lot of things that keep us from being served by God, and sometimes it's pride that says, I don't need to be served by God. I don't, I don't need to be served often what Peter did. You know, Jesus was washing his feet. I don't need you to wash. Okay, Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part of me. And Peter was like, wash all of me, wash all of me. Will you let God love you this Christmas? Will you let him serve you? Will you let Jesus' death be the payment for your sin? Will you let Jesus' resurrection be the shout of victory that sets you free? You say, Pastor, I want to do that. How do I do that? You open your heart in faith. You turn from your sin, turn to Jesus as Lord, and say, Lord, I'm going to let you love me. I'm going to let you be the king of my life. I keep making a mess of it. I'm, I'm going to let you serve me. You've got to let your pride down to do that. You've you got to raise your hand 
and shout through the megaphone, I can't save myself. I have sin that needs to be forgiven and I can't cleanse myself. I have guilt that needs to be paid for and I can't pay for my guilt myself. And that takes humility. And that takes brokenness. So will you humble yourself this Christmas and let the Lord serve you? That's why Jesus came. That's, that's why he came as a baby. To signal to us God is approachable. To, 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 to lay in a manger and then to go to a cross. To die in our place. So will you let him serve you? The second question is just this. Am I willing to serve others with my strength? So many of you already did it this week. So many of you do it daily. This church is filled with amazing servants. It's beautiful. Maybe it's an older cousin that at Christmas time, they all think you're awesome and you think they're all annoying. And you're like, I'm going to use my status among my cousins and I'm going to play, I'm going to play with them. I don't want to, and they're annoying, and I'm not interested in what they're interested in, but they think I'm awesome. So I'm going to use their thinking of me awesome, and I'm going to leverage it to love them and spend time with them. Maybe you find yourself around the table, and people are spouting off about all these things that they think are right, and you know they're wrong. They're just spouting off things, and it's just silly, and, and maybe you'll just hold your tongue and not correct them to show them how smart you are. But you'll just let them learn at a little slower pace. Maybe, maybe you will. Maybe it's been a busy week and, and maybe, maybe three weeks from now, four weeks from now, when the majority of our county maybe has forgotten about the tornado cleanup, maybe there'll be more to do and maybe that's when you'll dial in. You'll use the strength that you have to serve. Maybe you'll have dinner for a group of people that can't repay you. How will you leverage your strength to serve others this Christmas? Maybe you'll mentor an underclassman Maybe you'll stick up for somebody that everybody else is putting down. Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Um, some of you are like, I don't, I don't have much strength. I don't have much power. I don't, I'm not elite in anything. Would you just pray and ask God to show you what strength you do have? And then just remember Jesus' words. The greatest shall be a servant. Amen? Amen. Um, let's pray together. Let's ask the Lord to help us leverage our strength to serve. And as I'm praying, our kids are going to come in, and they're, gonna, they're, they're just going to usher us right into the Christmas season with a great song. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for being so strong, and thank you for serving us through your death and resurrection, through your life and through your love. Lord, would you help us to humble ourselves today? Lord, would you... Would you help us to humble ourselves today, to receive your love? And Father, would you help us to serve others with the strength that we have? Lord, show us, show us where we're strong and show us little ways that we can serve others with no applause from men, but only to please your heart, oh God. Lord, show us that we're stronger than we think we are. We have more resources than we think we do. And show us why you've entrusted those resources to us, Lord. So we might spread the love of Jesus by serving others. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. 
Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.